the Fox show, um, you're listening, you're tuning in in your car somewhere, you're watching, you're wondering who are these guys, you know, I stumbled on, Christopher Walken's on the show, I'm not sure, is he? Maybe. <laughs> This week on the What the Falk Show. Hey, it's Casey Spivey. This is What the Falk Show. Take a listen. Hello. What the Falk? Is this Casey Spivey? This is she. Hello, hello. How are you? You're on the What the Falk Show. How the Falk are you? Oh, I'm falking great. You're falking great. I don't think you've ever talked to someone who used their last name in the manner that I do. Am I correct on that? Uh, that is that is a first for me, and I appreciate it. Okay, well, it's also first for me to talk to a host, producer, and writer of Screen Rant. It's the first of me getting the chance to talk to the Queen of Dragons and the Game of Thrones <sighs> musical, and it's the first for me ever talking to a University of Oklahoma alumni. So this is a lot of firsts for both of us. I'm excited to have you on the show. <laughs> Great. I'm excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we got to connect through Twitter. I found you at at Hey Casey, at Hey Casey on Twitter. We talked about your kind of your info in, in terms of Screen Rand, the Game of Thrones musical. We'll get to that later. But I want to start with you went to OU. You majored in what was it, broadcast journalism? Yeah, broadcast journalism. Uh, my track was screenwriting. Track was screenwriting. Okay, so you make it from Oklahoma out to here. But before you came out, were you working maybe in theater? And, you know, you work a lot as a comedian. You're very funny. I've seen a lot of your work on YouTube and with TMI Hollywood. So were you always kind of the funny girl? Um, I am a theater nerd. So I, I uh, did a lot of theater growing up through high school and stuff. I was the president of my theater club. Oh, nice. Not to brag. Yeah, Um. <laughs> Uh, but I did a lot of musicals, and the musicals have a lot of comedy in it, and, like, I did Thoroughly Modern Millie, but I was Mrs. Mirror, so I tended to be kind of the offbeat one, and then, yeah, I got into on-camera acting, uh, in college, and in Oklahoma when I went there, and then when I got to L.A., um, I just fell into stand-up, um, and then I I fell into uh, sketch acting and just kind of found my my vibe and my, my people with comedy. Well, now, in terms of being the funny girl, who kind of was the funny person in the family other than you, Casey? Was it a mom, a dad, a cousin? Who kind of helped you with that funny bone? Dude, I mean, uh, it was it was a lot, lot just me being sarcastic, but my dad um, definitely is, is funny. Um, we don't have a lot of, like, comedians in our in our family so yeah. i think just out of out of that i kind of developed a, a stronger sense um with my friends i had really funny friends growing up but yeah it does be probably me and my dad kind of joking around okay we have well, the same humor <laughs> you and mr spivey is kind of the origin of casey spivey's humor now can i talk to you about you know, when you came out here in los angeles what was kind of the everybody when they come out to la they move to different parts usually i've noticed that people they move to wherever is the cheapest part first and then they kind of learn they learn los angeles right and they find out which part of the city is actually them you know so a lot of people move to koreatown first because it's the cheapest thing on craigslist and they find kind of which part of the area is them in terms of los angeles so where did you first move when you first got out here um, I was, uh, I have lived and breathed, um, all over, uh, all the smog area. You breathe all the smog yeah. in LA. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, all the smog. Um, kind of, kind of all over. Um, I've worked all over the place. I've worked in, uh, El Segundo. I've worked in Beverly Hills. I've worked in Burbank. And, um, I think, I think my favorite, uh, of all of it is 
probably the Valley side or the Hollywood side. Me too. Um, I, I, love, I love the Valley side, you know? I've lived in I, all the parts yeah. too, and I, at this point, I'm, I'm happy with the Valley. I like some quiet. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people think the West side near the beach is where to go, but uh, there's a lot of... There's a lot of people over there and a lot of traffic. So yeah, and everyone stay away from there. <laughs> everyone comes to your area on the weekend when you just want to relax and go get a breakfast burrito or maybe watch some football. And everyone comes to your side of town. You don't get to relax, you know. So in the valley, everyone exactly. leaves on the weekend. It's nice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and speaking of nice, uh, Casey, can I ask so far? Are, are you are you a fan of pizza? Is that because it's kind of a big question on this show on the What the Falk Show? Do you like oh, pizza? Oh yeah, big fan of pizza. What kind of pizza do you like? What's kind of the Casey Spivey uh, order? Uh, pepperoni. Just my, regular my pepperoni? Do you like some spices or anything? you like some spicy pizza? What's your deal? I like the garlic sauce, sauce that comes with pizza sometimes. <laughs> the garlic sauce? Okay, so you like pizza, and I have to tell you, if you like pizza, please check out Ferris Pizza. It's the best pizza for the best price with the most love in it. It's in my hometown of Bakersfield, California. It's also the sponsor of the What the Fog Show. So if you ever find yourself in Central California, please check out Ferris Pizza. Can you do me that favor? Oh, yeah. Okay, I appreciate it. And okay, so what about the first job in LA? Now, maybe you, maybe you had your first job, was on camera. What was that first job you had to take pay some bills no my first job was not on camera my my first job was far from on camera it was very <laughs> off camera it was uh very an assistant at a, at a talent agency oh, um, in the mail room that's yeah. tough so they like 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 lower than an assistant like the mail room so i was you know running around in this teeny tiny little closet of a space taking mail around to uh agents and such so that was fun it was uh i showed up my first day in heels and completely regretted it so. yeah <laughs> I'm just kind of picturing, did you ever see that movie back in the day with uh, Harrison Ford and Sigourney Weaver, Melanie Griffith, uh, Working Girl? It was an 80s movie. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking yeah. that Working Girl first day, you come to the office, you're like, you know, in the big city, you're about to change your life, then you find out, oh, do not wear heels, and uh, this might not be the most glamorous job in the world. Was it kind of, it was kind of like that? It was a little bit like that? Okay. Um, so your first job, you say, working in the mailroom. What about that first LA audition? Did you have reps when you came out here, or were you unsigned when you got to LA? No. I had uh, Oklahoma representation, okay. which is very different from Los Angeles representation. Yeah. So I was working in Oklahoma and I got, you know, I had a really big head thinking, oh, wow, well, I'm working in Oklahoma. Obviously, they're going to be like, thank you for coming to LA. We've been waiting for you. <laughs> That's not the case. Um, they're like, get in line, pal, next to the other 8,000 blondes. So it took, uh, I, I was really stubborn and, um, trying to find a representation before I started acting, but how it ended up happening was I just started acting in student films and theater around town, and then I did this show called uh, Lost Musical, and um, in the audience was my first manager. Oh, so wow. So that, that worked. So, you know, part of the What the Falk Show, other than just trying to fill time in terms of a podcast version, it's supposed to be witty, informational conversation. So far, I think we got some wittiness down. You know, I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but I think we're doing that. Secondly, <laughs> informational-wise, when you, you, know, you kind of said something there that you were very stubborn about looking for, for representation before you started acting, but it seems like you learned that the best thing for you to do was just to act and then worry about representation after. Is that kind of the lesson you learned? Absolutely. I think even now that I have representation, I still just act. Yeah. Um, because I think this is something my dad taught me, but momentum is more important. Uh, nice. So if you're waiting on someone to give you permission to go and to act and to or to be creative, you're, you're going to be time. waiting a really long time. Yeah. Um, 
so if I, cause if I waited from audition to audition to, to, to ask, I would not be keeping up my skills. I mean, it's just, it's so hard at the beginning because you don't get a lot of opportunities just for being represented. So I still do a ton of theater. I still produce my own stuff. I, I make my own short films and sketches. And yeah, I'm not, my representation actually has no hands in that. It's all me. So okay. they, um, and they appreciate me still hustling as well. Yeah, so you got a falcon hustle. If you don't, someone else will, right? Uh, exactly. Okay, so you talked about making your own things. You had Hashtag Amish, which was a very successful short film that you kind of wrote, produced, and directed. What was it like doing that? Was it was it nice to be able to tell people what to do in every facet? It was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Okay. And it's, 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 uh, it's kind of sad to say that, but, but I was in it. And I wrote it, and I was directing it, and I was producing it, and I am a person who doesn't really like to ask for help, as you can tell, (laughs) from me taking on all those hats. Um, But uh, it was the best, it was probably the proudest I've been of anything I've ever done, because it was so difficult to do, and if you've ever made anything like a short film or a real film, or whatever, you know that you will get a call the night before you're supposed to shoot, and the location will fall through, and you have a 20-person crew showing up for the next day Hmm. with nowhere to shoot, and you have costumes promised that aren't delivered in time, or actors who are late, and and all this kind of stuff. Everything always goes wrong, always. Um, But in that pushing through and, and being creative and how to solve those problems, really taught me a lot and um i i think it's 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 better the end product is better because of the problems that happened which is what my producing partner would always say alex he would say you know what it's okay something better is coming um and that's we we just hung to and we created a cute little short that got into some festivals and um yeah i'm pretty proud of it yeah, and I've seen your work, at least your work in terms of your junket work and your marketing work when you're on the red carpet. A few different YouTube clips you have of you doing interviews. Now, I haven't got to talk to a lot of my guests about that part of it, but selling your projects are as much a part of making the project. So what have you learned in terms of being the face of your own projects and, and leaving those positive impressions on a, you know on podcasts? It's amazing on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, PodDirect, my parents' phone, and uh, on Facebook. But what is it like when you're on the red carpet trying to pitch Casey Spivey? Casey Spivey? Uh, what's it like when you're when you're out there doing your PR? Yeah. it's weird in that um, it's it's actually it's a it's a very much a game in itself, and yeah. it's very much a hustle in that um, trying to get trying to get people to pay attention to what you're doing and who mm-hmm. you are, yeah. it, especially when you're not famous or anything. Um, it, there were a bunch of times when I would show up to um, a red carpet event. And I'm on the list to go through the PR line. And I would be waiting there and waiting there. And the assistants would kind of be like, um, can I help you? Uh, you can wait here. Actually, the lobby's over there, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, no, no, no. Like, I'm, I'm on the list. Like, I'm supposed to go. And they'd be like, oh, so sorry. It, you know, it's it's hard when, no, when nobody really cares about what you care about. <laughs> um, and you kind of have to go through and convince people that what you're doing is cool and get people excited about it uh, based on your own excitement about it. Yeah. Um, but people tend to respond to happiness. So. Well, and you believe in it and you're having a blast. Am I right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, Glee, talk about PR. Your work on Glee, you played the character Nittany for a little bit. Now, that must have been yeah. probably one of the bigger credits you had. Did that Was that kind of big in Oklahoma and with your family? Because Glee was a huge show for a while. And since you were a theater nerd and, and have success and talent with musicals, it was kind of right up your alley. You were kind of training for your part on Glee your whole life in a way. Yeah, I mean, it was a dream come true moment for sure. Um, when I remember when Glee came out for season, I was blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, somebody is doing a show about what I do. I have to be on that show. I have to be on that show. And then um, they announced the final season, and I was like, oh, bummer. I'm not going to be on the show. And then I got the audition, and I booked it, and it was one of those really surreal dream come true moments where I went, wow. I that that is a blessing from beyond me um, to make that happen. So it was really fun. It was probably one of my best memories ever. But yeah, it was, it was a great time. Well, it, I got to meet carrot. I got to meet carrot tops. That was great. Oh, nice. was, <laughs> you actually got to meet him on set. It seems like people usually meet carrot top at a bar in the valley around like two a.m. You got to meet him on set working with him. So that must have been a whole another side of carrot top that a lot of people don't get to meet. You he was yeah. so nice and yeah. so cool. That's we awesome. sandwiches. It was great. Okay. Well, you didn't stop there with Glee or with Hashtag Amish. You also put a lot of work on TMI Hollywood. Can you kind of explain yeah. to listeners, for those who don't know what that is, what you do on that and what TMI Hollywood is all about? Cool. Yeah. So TMI Hollywood is a sketch show. Um, it is a parody of TMZ. And what uh, what we do is the writers write sketches based on celebrity news or political news that goes on that week. And then every week, every Sunday, put a show up. So the script comes out on Friday, then we rehearse on Saturday and Sunday morning, and then put it up uh, for a live audience. And you can view the sketches online as well mm. um, after the fact. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we did really cool stuff. I did, I, I parodied Melania Trump having her own talk show, giving uh, advice for love and relationships to people um, all over the world and uh, had, had her, you know, trying to give advice with, you know, just being rich, being the answer to everything. And yeah. um, so we've done her a couple of times. We have like a John Mayer show sketch and it's really good. It's a really it's really um, fresh and topical and really great. Okay. Well, speaking of topical, you work a lot with Screen Rant. Now, I know a lot of from Screen Rant just on my YouTube. Whenever I'm checking to see whatever, you know, if there's a Logan review or a trailer or whatnot, a breakdown of an upcoming project, whether it's TV or film, how did you get involved with Screen Rant? I was working as a story producer for uh, Nike, like the tennis shoes, like Nike, um, doing campaigns and stuff. And I came across a job opportunity that said, it said editor and producer. And I was like, wait a minute, I can do both of those things. <laughs> and I looked at the job description and it said, host and edit and produce videos. And I was like, wow, I've never seen all of my skill sets rolled into one. Yeah. I And what's funny and what is really a blessing is I have been doing TMZ or E! News style parodies of those little like one minute stand up things that they do talking about the news. Yeah. I've been doing them for TMI as, as like a, I would do, you know, five different stories and each one would be a joke at the end. Um, so it'd be just stand up for five, for a minute of five stories. And I sent those in um, as my uh, submission and they were like, this is great. And I was like, I promise I can be serious. I can do real news, whatever. <laughs> um, 
but it was all the skill sets that they were they were looking for, and um, they brought me on. Well, that's what's cool about you is you really are all around. And looking in your IMDb, you and I have had some of the same positions. You were also a logger for the Amazing Race, yeah, correct? Yeah. Well, with reality, um, they want before they cut the show together is where I was. So yeah. I was in the post production uh, department, and the producers are looking for sound bites that are interesting and intriguing and. Uh, the Amazing Race is a show that is not pre-written um, reality show. I, I can't speak to which ones are, but this one definitely is like run and go and see what happens. And so we had to go through and log everything that happened uh, from every team and every little bit of information. If there was something interesting that happened or if somebody was really having a, a, a successful or a not successful moment, I had to go through and look at all of it. So yeah, yeah it was actually a great great uh study of human behavior um (laughs) but yeah i did that Uh, yeah we've talked about a lot of exciting work so far you talked about your love for pizza so you're going to check out ferris pizza the next time you're in central california but we can get to the big thing right now and that's been the game of thrones musical now it was supposed to go until what the end of this month but it's actually gotten pushed until april and you're going to be performing now the show at comic-con have you yourself ever been to comic-con i have never been oh it's awesome so exciting because um i also get to go for screen rants so i will be doing yeah so i'll be doing double duty i'll be down there um you know during the day hustling around getting interviews and whatnot we're still figuring out exactly what we're gonna do uh video wise there um and then at night i will go and uh be daenerys and um Game of Thrones musical, and uh, yeah, it'll be great. There's shows at uh, 6 o'clock and 9 o'clock, and there might be a midnight show. So. Okay, so what kind of training did you have to go through to become the Queen of Dragons? Let's be honest. What kind of Rocky-style <laughs> montage did you put yourself through? Um, it, well, <laughs> I actually did have to get in shape uh, for this show. Um, I won't really say why, because that's a, a spoiler, but okay. um, I, I did do a lot of spin classes and a lot of no eating carbs. Um, Which is perfect, because that, the show is, is in West Hollywood, so you're in the, the spin class capital of the world, so it's a perfect exactly. place for you to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, other than that, really, it's, it's mostly singing, and um, and it's a comedy, too, but just learning it's all original music the show so we had a lot of time really uh perfecting uh the songs and practicing hitting these crazy high notes and all that kind of stuff so that's more of the training I have to do did you <laughs> did you think it was going to be as big as it was when you, when you got the when you booked it and when you started doing the uh-huh. show did you have any idea it was going to it was going to grow as, as much as it has i knew that it was something really special because the guys who uh produced it also did lost the musical uh, okay. several years ago and uh, which i was in so you worked i was uh, i was clay the australian pregnant girl oh, nice. and um <laughs> Yeah, and that one was a surprise. It was a hit. It it really got off the ground, and people really took to it and loved that show. So when they said that they were teaming up with the people who did uh, Once Upon a Time the Rock Opera for Game of Thrones the musical, I was like, okay, this is going to be pretty big. And especially uh, with the Comic Con premiere, yeah, it's going to premiere right after season seven. Uh, premieres so it'll be yeah it'll be a hot topic I think people it's really nostalgic it's a great laugh um, and I think 
people are really taking to it and really loving it. Even if you haven't seen the show, it's still a really good time. Do so, you personally, yeah. you said you were in the Lost the Musical and now you're in Game of Thrones in Musical. Did you watch either of those shows before you win it or did you watch them after? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had to. Uh, <laughs> I had to, um, I, 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 I was a casual watcher of both. Okay. Um, and then especially when it got time to get all the jokes in the script, I was like, all right, I really need to focus on my part here so yeah um i especially went back and binge watched um all the episodes of my character especially in it and then tried to really figure out what else was happening but like i said you don't really need to watch the show to like to like the show uh to like the musical okay. so i i understood what was going on yeah. even though i, I hadn't you okay know, so if you haven't seen the show you won't feel left out <laughs> as a viewer if you haven't seen the show when you watch the musical which is nice yeah exactly okay really nice Okay, now I got some rapid-fire questions. Um, these are supposed to be slightly inappropriate, but I don't mean any offense in any way, and hopefully I don't think I will offend you, but just know that in the in the outset, okay? Oh, no. Okay, okay. here we go. Uh, first question, would you rather have a pet dragon or ninja monkey? And be honest, remember, you are the queen of dragons at the moment. A dragon. Okay, you'd have dragons. I, I, the thing I always wonder is where would you put it? You know, would you put it in like a hangar or whatnot? But this is a hypothetical world. Anyways, uh, next up, what's your favorite L.A. comfort food? Uh, comfort food? Um, pizza. Pizza from Ferris Pizza in Central California. And first question, uh, next question, be honest. Have you ever or have you ever been in the room in an audition when someone farted? Uh, I've been in the room for sure several times. Se- several times? Oh, yeah. How do you move on from that? Is that just part of your amazing like stage presence and acting skills is moving on from an awkward fart in an, audi- in an audition room? Well, a lot of times it's silent and then it slowly creeps into to the smell of the body odor in the room. Huh. And it's just like, oh, Okay. okay, well, that was my most inappropriate question, so I think we survived that one. So, uh, next one, and uh, I'm sure you've been asked this before, but I just have to. Is it true that blondes have more fun? Do you feel, as a blonde, that you have kind of more fun than other people? Yes, and I've tried brunette before, and it is not as much fun as being blonde. But really? that might just be nature, uh, just being natural blonde. <laughs> might just be in nature. Okay, perfect. And last one. If you had one piece of advice for anybody out there, me, myself, I also grew up in, in a smaller conservative place like yourself in Oklahoma. We both find ourselves out here in Los Angeles working entertainment. God bless us that we have the opportunity to do that. We're very lucky. But if you had one piece of advice for anybody out there listening that's not in LA but has aspirations to come out here, what would you give them in terms of what they should be prepared for? Or if it was you, if it was you listening right now to a podcast when you're you know, 15 years old, you want to go out to LA, what would you have told young Casey Spivey? I would... I would say what other people told me and very specific people because a lot of people said, don't go, it's crazy out there, you'll never survive, stay away and don't play, like, take the safe route. And I'd say never make a decision out of fear, ever. Mm. Um, if, if you're scared to do it, that means you should probably absolutely do it. So it will be difficult and it will be challenging and there will be times when you want to quit, um, but don't and keep going. And um, as long as you feel fulfilled, um, plow through and, and just keep your head down and don't let anyone tell you uh, differently. So, uh, yeah, Casey, I really appreciate it. You're uh, you're interesting gal. You're hilarious. You're, you're witty. You have information and you used your words to do it in a, in a nice way. So I appreciate you coming on the What the Fog show and I look forward to Thank seeing you. your future projects. And I, I'm congratulations on the on the work that's coming up and in, in your experience at Comic-Con. So just know one dork, one, I'm, I'm a nerd. I don't know if you are a nerd. You're, you're cool. You're probably cooler yes. than me, but just know that one yeah. nerd to another, I would love to be at Comic-Con someday. So you're living, I'm living 
living through you when you're at Comic-Con. So have a wonderful time and please Aww. go to every booth and every buy every poster you can and get as much free stuff as you can. I will. Thank okay. So Folk, much. yeah. It was wonderful talking to you and I'll uh, talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much. So that was Casey Spivey, actress, comedian, currently playing the Queen of Dragons, Daenerys Stormborn, on the Game of Thrones musical. You can find that at the Matcha Theater in West Hollywood, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're actually extending it into April. It's been so popular. And they're going to be performing at Comic-Con. So if you're going to Comic-Con this July, please check out her on a Game of Thrones musical. You can also find her on at ScreenRant, ScreenRant.com. She's doing a lot of hosting, producing for them. You can find her on um, TMI Hollywood. She's an actress for that. You can find her at Hey Casey on Twitter, on Instagram. A really cool lady, really nice. Talks about her Oklahoma roots and, and how she's gotten here from Oklahoma to Los Angeles, anything in between. So I appreciate you taking the time to listen to her story. And uh, and yeah, the What the Falk Show. Thanks for Falk and listening. You can find me on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Direct, my parents' phone. And the text message I just sent you at my WTF show. That's the handle for any, any what the folk show is at my WTF show. And a special thanks to an old friend of mine, EJ Medellin. He recently did my new logo for the what the folk show. You're going to see that is now going to be available on iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Directory. He did my logo that I'm going to use for Twitter as well. So thank you, EJ. You can find him at, at Einstein Hammer. I'm telling you, this guy is very talented. And he has a lot of great work. He's doing logos for a lot of people in my hometown and another city. So please check out his work. If you need some graphic design, please check out EJ Medellin. Well, thanks for fucking listening. I'll fucking talk to you soon. Fuck yeah.